Welcome to Front Porch Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode 242, and welcome back to the Front Porch. Hope you all are doing well. Uh, wherever you are at, whatever you're going through uh, this season, this Christmas season that we're in, uh, for most people is a really exciting season. It's a lot of fun, a lot of joy, gifts, and all that kind of fun. But I know there's a, a grip of you out there um, that that's not the case. Like you're trying so hard, but it's difficult. You've experienced loss. You have loss in your own home or in the past. And Christmas feels a little empty because of kind of what you've gone through or the losses that you've experienced. And for that, I just want to say, I really am sorry. I really am sorry that it's hard. I really am sorry that it's difficult. But I also want you to know you're not alone. There are a lot of people that are going through that and have gone through that and that you're not alone in your pain and your hurt. And uh, there's a bunch of people out there, you know, who really want to care for you in this time. And I would encourage you, open up, be vulnerable about that loss, be vulnerable about that pain, Uh, get that out and allow and uh, give somebody the opportunity to really care for you and to step into that place. Not that they'll fix it. Um, That's not going to happen. That's only something that God can do. Um, But there is a community of people out there that really want to help if you ask. And so just an encouragement. And then also for those of us who are like, man, this is the greatest season of the world. So awesome and family and all the awesome things that come along with this time. Open our eyes and open our hearts to the people that maybe that's not the case for them. You know, maybe that we don't get so dialed into all our things that that we miss out that there's a bunch of people out there that are really hurting. I was talking to somebody this week and um, she was just saying like, no, I don't, you know, home is kind of a tragic scene for her. And so she's not going to kind of go home for Christmas. And so, but... Uh, she opens up her home and and she invites people in and so she took whatever that pain was and she's she's creating a space a safe place for a lot of people who maybe don't have that space and I thought wow that's really cool and what a great encouragement for for a bunch of us that go wow this is such a cool season so wonderful to be able to have open eyes and open hearts for people who maybe don't have a place to land for Christmas or don't have, you know, some of the, the gifts and things like that. So just, again, this season brings for us this awareness that Jesus came to us, like God sent his son, Jesus, to us, Emmanuel, God with us. He, Peterson says, Eugene Peterson says in his translation that he moved into the neighborhood. And so I think it's like creating that neighborhood vibe, you know, creating that place where it says welcome, you know, and being that for other people moving into their neighborhood is really, really important too. And in that way, we are really, really celebrating this season as opposed to creating just these myopic realities of it's about me, my family, our Christmas, that kind of thing. It's like, no, no, no. This is a greater family, a greater body that we want to make sure it's cared for. So I was just thinking about that today and going like, hey, let's be excited, but let's also be aware. So uh, thank you so much for those of you who continue to listen, those of you who continue to give, especially coming into the end of year. Really appreciate it. And uh, those of you who bought the devotional, really, really appreciate that. That support means a lot. We're continuing to move forward with these uh, podcasts and um, 
and excited about today as we kind of move into this Christmas season. I, uh, I was, I've been reading through Luke. I actually got to teach it a, a few weeks back, and, and this particular verse uh, is powerful, and it really kind of covers the whole of what we experience in all of Scripture, and it says this in Luke one thirty seven. Uh, this is the angel and Mary's interaction with one another, and it says this, For nothing will be impossible with God. For nothing will be impossible with God, the angel says. And uh, I was sitting in church this Sunday, and we were, we we're actually going through this particular passage. And as I was sitting there, uh, a, a good friend of ours, uh, her sister, um, got uh, got a kind of a diagnosis of cancer. And so it was like, whoa, overwhelming. Oh, my gosh. And so we just decided to start praying, you know, praying for her. And then we got news this last week that the cancer has gone. And I was like, wow. So I was sitting in church as, you know, the, the story of Elizabeth, the story of Mary is going on, the story of Jesus and these angels and, and just feeling overwhelmed by the beauty that, that, oh, my gosh, this woman doesn't have cancer. We prayed for this. Like the doctor said, you got it. And then all of a sudden in this other appointment, you don't have it. And just like wow just feeling so overwhelmed by that that work like that the power that god has to like heal sickness like in that in just the miraculous thing and so i started like praising him and thanking him like wow and then thankful that i got invited by friends to join them in that that hurt and that pain and that confusion and and wanting to pray for them and bear that burden like so it was just like all of that and then i just had this aha moment this is so crazy for me. You know, two years ago, I was in the same spot with a diagnosis that I had cancer, polycythemia, and it wasn't good. And God miraculously healed me in the same way. And then I was just overcome by the miraculous work that God does. Now, I know for some of you that may be hard because you're like, that's not my story. And I get that. You know, I, I really do. You know, because we had a son for three and a half years who we prayed daily that it would go away. And thankfully, three and a half years later, through amazing treatment and medicine and everything else, Cooper is cancer-free, but we suffered greatly as a family. He suffered greatly. And I remember just going, what is going on? When seeing some of these other stories of people kind of going through it. But what this passage is inviting us into is the miraculous work that God does. You know, this Luke 1 starts off with this Zechariah, uh, who's, who's a priest, and his wife living just kind of this ordinary life. They had desired deeply to have children and couldn't. And they were too old in age. This is going to take you back to Abraham and Sarah. And so the angel comes and prophesies and tells them, you're going to have a son. His name's going to be John. And, and that's the miraculous work, right? There's no way biologically that that can happen, but God's doing something miraculous. And then all of a sudden there's this exchange between Mary and the angel. And Mary's like, but I'm a virgin. Like there's no possible way. I'm not even married yet. There's no possible way. And, and the Lord's like, well, I don't work at the confines of human thinking, like what you think is possible. And this is where this verse is birthed out of, for nothing will be impossible with God. And I keep wrestling with this thought 
is that God is moving. He is constantly moving. In this narrative, in this Christmas narrative that we're all aware of, he is moving. My question is, that is what we do is we separate that from our daily life today. And that's why I think this weekend as I was in church and feeling the weight of our friend's sister's miraculous healing and then my own of just going like, wow, am I aware that he is constantly doing a work, that he is constantly moving. And I have confronted myself on this because I think we've kind of become jaded to miracles. You know, we've been jaded to this, the, the, the miraculous work that God can and will do. And I believe in it fully. I have seen him do it in my own life, in my wife's life, in my son's lives. I've seen him do it overseas. Like I have, I've seen it in friends' lives. I have seen him do that work. But for some reason, maybe it's just not settling into my heart and becoming a way in which I see God. And this is causing me to really kind of confront myself and go, wow, what is going on? And and to be honest, like I'm really going to miss out on the fullness of what this season is if I can't truly embrace the miraculous work. And what I started working through was the idea that logic has become our God. But here's the thing with logic. In many ways, it's robbing us. Right? Like they, they have this, they say this that the greatest distance is between the heart and the head, or the head or the heart. I can't remember which one it is. Like the greatest distance, those, those two things, right? Our head is constantly combating the miraculous, constantly combating this to where it would settle into our hearts and we would believe it in faith that He can do and is doing miraculous things all the time. And I find it interesting that the more logical we become as a culture, the more we move away from the mystery of God because it puts us in control. It puts our minds in control, not God in control. I mean, God is in control, not that we micromanage that at all and can't, but we just continue to say, if I can't make it, if I can't logically comprehend it, then it must not be real. And as we do that, we're moving farther and farther and farther away from the mystery of what God wants to invite us into. Because God is doing the impossible all the time. You know, and this is one of those things that my, my time overseas, as I've gone overseas, um, it's just expanded this, right? It, it's just absolutely expanded this way of thinking because I think I grew up being jaded by the normality kind of 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 a comfortable suburban life like and so my faith got anchored into that kind of reality like you work hard kind of a blue collar mentality but I, I don't know if I really experienced or expected the miraculous work of the Lord You know, again, it was like work harder, read more, study more, be better. But it wasn't this anticipation of you are doing things all around me all the time. And I really think I missed it for most of my life. So I head overseas and then all of a sudden overseas, I'm like, wow, the miraculous is all around me. And I saw faith, real faith 
real faith being expressed, real faith being lived out in communities. But what were they? They were impoverished communities who were begging for God to intervene and believing that God would intervene. And this is what we see in this Christmas narrative. We see these people who are kind of just living normal lives and God intervenes and they're aware and they're ready. Now, they struggled. Mary struggled, she questioned. Zachariah, he struggled, he's questioned. But at the end of the day, it was like, use me. And God's going to do what he's going to do. And the thing I can't get out of my brain is this. If we struggle to believe in the small miraculous works that he's doing every day, we're really, really going to feel like salvation is out of reach. Or we're not going to be fully able to embrace the wholeness, the fullness of that salvation. Because the most impossible thing that we can possibly imagine in our minds is that we've been redeemed. We've been cleaned by the sacrifice that Jesus made on our cross, that grace has covered our sins. Like if we're gonna struggle with these small miraculous things that he's doing all around us, then these grand things that he's doing, we're really gonna struggle with. We're really gonna struggle to enjoy what it is to be the redeemed sons and daughters of the most high God, to see fully what Jesus did on the cross, to see fully what this season is all about, this Christmas season is all about. And this is what this passage is inviting us into, for nothing will be impossible with God. And and it's almost like Luke wants to go, look to Jesus. If you're struggling with this, look to Jesus. Because God made possible all that was impossible to us. God made possible all that was impossible to us that we'd be made right with God, known as friends of God, sons and daughters of the Most High God, beloved, clean, white as snow, even though today in you and I's life, in our world, we're sinning constantly. He doesn't see us as those sinners. He sees Jesus' death and resurrection, his blood covered his atonement covered our sins and we can be made right with God. Now that is something to celebrate. That is a miraculous work. Nothing is impossible for God. So the question is this, why do you struggle to believe in the miraculous works of God? Why do you struggle with that? And just be honest about it. God, we do. We struggle with the, your miraculous works. We cannot comprehend how beautiful and glorious and wonderful you are. But Spirit, awaken us. Awaken in this season. Awaken our spirits to see you fully so we can enjoy this relationship with you. So with that, take a breath. Reflect and believe that the God of the universe is near to you in your own heart. Until next time, cheers.